Hey everyone, welcome to Kasamahan Collective, previously known as Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Show. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you our guests. We have Sophia Lauren Matias, an alumni at the University of Hawaii at Manoa with her bachelor's degree in political science. A little about Sophia is that she is not only someone who we can have the same like-minded as I do, she's also someone that I definitely can vibe into a whole different level. She is someone who constantly always shows up for herself, her family, and her community. Let me ask you this before we start the episode. Have you ever been mistaken as a different ethnicity and even misidentified to a different race that led you in this realm of identity crisis? Well, let us just say that in the topic of misidentity, it comes to a certain point of being able to acknowledge where we came from and what did our ancestors do for us. This quote from Hisoy Rizal, ang hindi marunong lumingon sa pinanggalingan ay hindi makararating sa paroroonan. There will be many struggles for one person to go through before they can go to another destination or another level. For different people and specifically for Sophia, living in a multi-generational household, relocating to Aloha everyone, my name is Sophia Matias. I'm so happy to be here today. Um, yeah, I recently completed my studies at UH Manoa where I majored in political science. I'm a first-generation Filipino immigrant here living in Hawaii and my gender pronouns are she and her. Ooh, I like this question. If I could describe myself as a Filipino dish, I would definitely have to say that it would be quick quick. So <laughs> for those of you that don't know, quick quick is a Filipino street food. It's made out of a quail egg um, wrapped around this bright orange thick coating. So it's like kind of like a thick um, pancake, but it's deep fried. Yeah. So I'd say I'm like quick quick because it's bright, it catches people's attention. And just like that, I'm also very bright and outgoing. I consider myself as a social butterfly. And in addition, um, quick quick goes goes well with everything, at least in my opinion. You can dip it in sao-sao <laughs> or like suka, which is vinegar. Um, you can dip it in shoyu, you can dip it in salt or or just eat it plain. Um, that's kind of like me. I'm very versatile. I've traveled around the world since I was young, living in different continents. So I feel like I'm very good at adapting to new places. And lastly, um, I think there's some different layers to quick quick. You have the that bright um, orange coating, but you also have the quail egg. And that's kind of like me too. Um, I think there's very many layers to my personality and that comes from my experiences of traveling the world and living in different places. Wow, a very one-of-a-kind dish, as I would like to say. And really a great way to just start everything. Um, but as you mentioned, you have practically have almost traveled the world and you kind of have the sense of 
software and how things are, especially um, just asking you personally once more, how was your upbringing like growing up Filipino? Mm. So I grew up in the Philippines till I was about six or seven years old. So I spent most of my elementary school days there. Um, while I was living in the Philippines, you know, I lived with my my grandparents and my aunts. So we lived in, you know, those multi-generational households. And I went to school with my cousins. And then uh, my mom decided to relocate to Singapore and she took my sister and I along with her. And then from there, you know, we started moving around. Um, I lived in Brazil. I lived in Houston. I live in Oregon. And then now we decided to move here in Hawaii. But even before that, like we would travel around the world just for vacation. So that definitely influenced the way that I see myself as a Filipino. And, you know, when I was living in the Philippines, almost everyone is Filipino, right? But then when I moved to Singapore and Brazil, specifically in Brazil, it's like um, I could count the number of Filipinos in one hand in, in the school that I attended. So that was really interesting for me because my school was, you know, it was an international school. So people from all over the world went there. I had classmates from Norway, from Egypt, just from everywhere. But um, I don't know. I just never felt like I really belonged anywhere because I left the Philippines at such a young age and then I got to move around. So, yeah, I never felt like I really settled anywhere until I moved to Hawaii, where here, you know, um, I was able to really blend in to the Filipino community here, especially because um, most of my peers are around my age. So I could still connect with them um, about Filipino cultural traditions and you know in the Philippines um when you're when you're with your friends it's very different from when you're here you call your friends hi Mars how are you doing and you're very um you're very tightly close to them I noticed that um you grab their arm and it's just yeah it's a whole nother way of relating and I couldn't see myself doing that like um, when I was living in Brazil or even in Texas. But then when I moved here, I got to meet like Filipinos that just moved in from the Philippines so I could relate to them in some ways. And that that really helped me remember, you know, my roots as a Filipino and also um, become active in some of the works being done in the Philippines, specifically activism work. Because I moved here in Hawaii, I was able to join um, Anak Bayan and learn more about the struggles of the Filipino people, not just in the Philippines, but outside of the Philippines. And something that just stood out um, when you were sharing your experience, especially your upbringing, is that the, the fact that you said, like, um, being in Hawaii and comparing it to where you have been, like, I, I just could remember, um, I had this one Filipino friend that just, just grabbed my, like, grabbed my arm and then, like, because, like, that's how, like, Filipinos are, like, they're very close, they give you hugs and stuff, and then, like, that was just something, like, you, like, very, kind of special when it comes to living or growing up in Hawaii is that 
they treat you as if you're family and you're never like kind of left out. You're, you're always that sense of close-knitness. So that was something that little stood out when you were sharing your upbringing. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I also lived in, in um, Oregon and before I moved to Oregon, I lived in Hawaii. So I went there for a year for college. And I remember standing in the bus stop and I'm like, I want to start a conversation. But then my friend said, oh, that's not really what you do. Which was interesting because in Hawaii, you know, you say hi to your aunties in the bus stop. Like, hey, I like your shirt, auntie. How are you doing? So, yeah, I think that's really an interesting, like, cultural shift that I see in different areas that I've lived in. Getting to know um, your own upbringing, it's the sense of um, you were you were like a a bird searching for your permanent home. But we never know where our permanent home is. But I can kind of sense that you found where you are comfortable as you kind of came over to Hawaii. Yes, yes. Um, I, you know. I think Hawaii is one of the longest places I've lived in. It's almost the same um, years as I've lived in the Philippines. So it's I'm about to say that I lived here for roughly seven years now, which is about the same time that I left the Philippines, like around six to seven years old. Um, and just to be frank, you know, even though I've lived in Hawaii for this long, I think that I will never be able to say that I'm like, I fully belong here. If that makes sense, you know, because I be moving in the world, like moving around the world for so much times and not really, um, how do I put this? Like, because I moved around the world so many times and I had to, you know, start over. I feel like you start over wherever you move in. Right. The different, um, country the different school you kind of start over and I felt like Hawaii gave me a sense of stability of like grounding that I didn't feel anywhere else however I would say that I still don't I can't say that I fully fully belong here like like a native person would say which, which totally makes sense, right? And I think that um, for me, because I have that experience, it, it made me think about um, one of my favorite um, philosophers that I learned in my classes. Her name is Hannah Arendt. And Hannah Arendt talked about the concept of pariah, which is like feeling like an outcast. But it doesn't mean that she's an, like in a negative term. It's like because you she moved around a lot and she saw a lot of different experiences. She always felt like she didn't fully belong in something. And I could really relate to that because I, I've lived in a lot of places and I had to restart my life over again. But, you know, I think that I can't really say that I truly belong somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. I kind of mumbled everywhere. <laughs> no problem. I, I get that. I get that kind of feeling. And like, essentially, like where you are today, it's that continued. Um, we're always in search for kind of wanting more and understanding who we are. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I think that's like, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, 
I would say like I'm not gonna settle down in Hawaii for sure. You know, I see myself still traveling and moving around <laughs> around the world. I feel like I'm a nomad. So with that in mind, you know, it might not come to me. It I might not fully grasp the feeling of belonging anywhere just because that's the kind of lifestyle I want. But it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, you know. Yeah. And to transition off of that and like going more within the um the question itself is how or if this would kind of um briefly share is have you in a sense have that because i know you grew up in the philippines and you moved from brazil to houston to hawaii um there's always that sense of struggle that we go through. And when it comes to embracing our own uh, Filipino identity, um, have you ever experienced that sense of doubt or not doubt, but like just struggle to believe that you're comfortable with your own skin? Ooh, definitely, definitely. I think that, um you know, transitioning into living in Brazil was really tough for me because whew, I remember, you know, being one of the only two or three Filipinos in my school. And um, my my teacher would say, oh, she's from the Philippines. And, you know, my classmate would have no idea where that is. And I would have to explain it to them. So it's like that... Um, that placement of the idea of you know placement of where I am really influenced how I see myself as a Filipino and how I had to deliver that to the people I'm around um when I lived in Houston I remember um being mistaken as a Mexican person and you know I understand because Mexicans and Filipinos have very similar traits in language and in um, physical appearance but then when I tell people like hey I'm from the Philippines I remember like my classmates would also not know where that is so (laughs) I felt like I always had to um, explain to them you know who who I am and what does that mean for me And in terms of that um, personal struggle in identifying as a Filipino, it was not until I moved to Hawaii and I got to meet um, the Hawaii um, Committee for Human Rights in the Philippines. So they're an organization here in Hawaii that, you know, further advocates for the human rights of Filipinos, not only in the Philippines, but also all over the world. So when I got involved with that um, organization, they helped me go to the Philippines, specifically in Kalinga, to do an immersion trip. And I think that that was really the turning point in my in my grounding as a Filipino because up until that point, I've only seen or lived through the, the bases in the city. You know, my... My upbringing was in Manila and I lived with my aunts and 
even those times that I lived there, it's it's really a blur to me. I don't remember anything. But then when I went back to the Philippines, went up to Kalinga and immersed myself in indigenous communities, in language and in culture, it sparked something in me and it reminded me of who I am as a Filipino. Like, no, you know, our people are very um, creative. We We make we can create our own, you know, um, food, our own, we can be sustainable in ourselves. And that's, that's what, that's what really grounded me to who I am today. It's like, and I would not have been, I would not have this perspective if I did not go back home to the Philippines and really go up and see a whole new side of my culture that I'd never really seen ever before you know yeah so if so this is i always tell people like um if you are searching for who you are or um if you want to get connected back to your roots i highly recommend doing an assimilation trip or even um any trip back to your home country because it will help you recharge or refreshen your perspective because when i was living in the philippines you know i was sick I left there six or seven years old and that was still very young. So what I experienced back then is different from the ways that I see the world now. So I think that going back there during my 20s was a really important turning point in my life. I like that. And I think I kind of resonated with you when you said um, for those who are wanting to just search of who you are and getting connected to your roots, it's like... There's this, I think it was last year, it was last year I went back to the Philippines just to just to accompany my grandmother for her, um, her house back in Cagayan. Right when I just came back to the Philippines, like, I think, like, it's something that you said, um, it's what kind of ignited this kind of interest to really get back to learning the history, the roots, and just everything, because there is just there's just something special about just visiting the Philippines and seeing it from your own eyes in comparison to what like you see in the media because it's the media is not the really great place when it comes to that and so great representation of the people back home because sometimes it's very sugar-coated and like not when yes. you it's not it's not when you go and look for yourself and see that holy crap like this is what's happening in the philippines like i didn't know this was happening here like i, I thought yes. like they're okay and stuff but then like it's heavily heavily sugar-coated even like the big artists like you don't really see it like you make it seem like they're okay or like the kind they over exaggerated like oh they're really living in a bad shape but at this at the other point is you really don't see the big picture unless you take that opportunity like what you said have go to an immersion trip if you have the chance because it's it's something that will really change your life Yes, for sure, for sure. And you know, when I went on that immersion trip, I I really got to to not only see but to feel, you know, the feelings that or like the fears that many of them felt 
living up in in Kalinga, it's like you know being under watch sometimes by the government, by like soldiers or having your land um taken from you. Like those real things that we might not necessarily see on the news, you know, but are very real things that you know our community experiences on the daily va- on a daily basis. And to kind of move on or transition along the the lines is as for you um, and and someone who sees herself as very uh, a social butterfly very involved within her community and all the all that amazing stuff that you do um, how would you see yourself um, with your cultural identity now from before I mean, I think that um, I'm still learning so much. I I know nothing, <laughs> you know. The more I I want to learn more about my culture, the more I realize I really didn't know anything. <laughs> and then it's like I'm still a butterfly. I'm still a caterpillar becoming a butterfly as I go on, you know. But I could definitely say that it has changed a lot, and I wanna move that back to the community that I have here in Hawaii it's like I'm part since I'm part of Anakbaya and I get to work with a lot of the youth sectors um, in UH Manoa they're Filipino students that really advocate for the lives of Filipino you know and just being around them gives me so much you know um, so much joy and enthusiasm to know more about who I am as a Filipino and they also ground me as to what my responsibilities are towards the community Filipino community so you know to um, go back to your questions to your question I'm still learning so much about who I am as a Filipino and what that means but because I have a strong community here of you know of students that are my age who are passionate about the Philippines, I feel like I'm in really good hands in terms of my um, my journey to realizing more about who I am as a Filipino. Definitely, definitely. And there's something just being around with the youth that gives you that soul and fire to just continue what you're doing as a person. Yes. And I guess to kind of like transition around those questions is when I first asked you to do this interview and when you first heard those phrase, uh, reclaim our Filipino identity, what was your initial thoughts first of what that phrase meant to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that or well, the first things that I that came to my mind is reclaiming our narratives and taking ownership of what you know our ancestors, our like even just our family have gone through to to have the life that they are right now and coming face to face with the fact that you know it should not be like this per se you know the Philippines number one export is people 
it's not minerals or any export goods it's people and when i saw that you know reclaiming filipino identity i just thought that this is such an important thing that we must we must um, unpack together because when you when you have when you have people as your number one export in any country that's very in my opinion that's very problematic because you know you displace this big number of people out there and they miss out on you know sometimes their family their kids and so many more things and you know i'm very thankful for the experience that i have for traveling the world but i know that that was also a big privilege because for many people it it was it's not like that so i'm just i'm happy for for what you're doing and the concept of you know reclaiming that filipino identity i think it's so important now more than because the idea of just asking people that i interview each day about what does it mean to reclaim our filipino identity is such a simple question because you can interpret it or people can answer it so differently just as long as because people's narratives are different and i think what you said taking ownership hearing the narratives because i because storytelling is just so powerful when it comes to really capturing the voices of people especially those who have come before you or is all art is coming yes agreed and with that said where where do you see yourself in the next 10 years and so <laughs> okay where do i see myself i like this question because um you know i love to travel and i i see myself as a nomad sometimes because i just don't want to settle down anywhere I mean, I've lived in Hawaii for six, almost seven years, and I, I still can't believe it. I'm like, oh, I have to go somewhere, and that's why I moved to Oregon. So in in five, in ten years from now, you know, I still see myself traveling and meeting and hearing the narratives of people from all over the world, because that's really what sparks me joy is to hear acts of resilience and humanity from people that I would never have or imagine having like a coffee with or just sit down and um, hear their stories, you know. I think that's what, <laughs> that's the kind of life I want to live. But I, in 10 years from now, I, I also see myself hopefully maybe having a family. I'd be about 32 years old. So <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> there's so much things that can happen in 10 years just look at 2020 as an example right uh that's yeah. something that i learned um you know you can speculate what the future will be but it it's not gonna be how you truly plan it to be. <laughs> right right like no one no one planned to have a pandemic that would last about the entire year right i know i'm like excuse me when is it gonna be over it'll be over yeah. when when the world learns its lesson right exactly Ooh. yeah well if 
you could give an advice to the next generation, especially because you work alongside with many youths, uh, what would you tell them, especially about our own cultural identity and just our culture in general? Well, for just, um, you know, advice for anyone, I would say get a mentor. Um, although I lived around, you know, I moved around, I noticed that what's really helped me stay grounded in everything is getting, you know, mentors that really cared about me and they wanted me to succeed. So right now I have um, a handful of mentors that I, I see um, and they help me with my school career, with my personal life career, my personal life, and also just, you know, helping me become the person that I want to be. I think that for for many youth, um, you know, we're in that path of discovering ourselves. And I think that many of us have an idea of the person that we want to become. So I highly suggest getting meeting people that, are already in the position of what you want to be because that's really how you're going to learn to be there. You know, you find somebody that has already gone through it and that has achieved what you want to become. And then you aim for that. You ask them, hey, how did you, how did you get here? And like, what struggles did you overcome? And can you just um, give me some guidance as to how I can be in the place that you are right now? And that that has really helped me a great lot with my um with my journey, not just even as a Filipino, but just as a a twenty two years two year old trying to find herself in life. It's like I get to hear the mistakes of my mentors and learn from that because what I learned is like you don't have to make the same mistake twice. You know, you can you're gonna make mistakes, but. And it's important to make those mistakes, but sometimes you can dodge some mistakes by learning from other people's mistakes. And that's really what I love about mentoring. So if you can find a great mentor, go do it. <laughs> they will help you. <laughs> yeah. Very solid. Uh, very solid advice indeed. Um, I feel like mentorship and I think no, I'll share this, but a little inside joke that me and my committee like made is kapag my mentorship, my friendship. So it's that yes. having that sense of bond. <laughs> it's that sense of bondness and that sense of like just the the more people that you encounter and like that guides you and that just gives you the sense of like gives you a little push to know that am I going the right way? Like it builds that sense of friendship along the way. <laughs> yes, lifelong mentors. I can honestly say that my mentors have helped me in my lowest point and they just reminded me of who I am, you know. Sometimes you're going to forget mm -hmm. who you are. But if you have people that just genuinely care about you and care about your success, then I think you're, you're one step closer to achieving it. <laughs> definitely agreed and sometimes even our mentors they they help us criticize ourselves to know what can we better improve on and they're the most I guess honest people to tell us and give us a hey you're what are you doing kind of a thing yeah for sure I agree and that's what I love about it because you know you don't want to get sugar-coated <laughs> like if you're mm -hmm. gonna have a big life decision I would not want to be sugar-coated I want to be 
like I want people to be frank with me and I think that's one of the joys of having like a really real mentor that you can trust is that they're upfront with you very transparent I think that's pretty much all I have especially within the question that I have um, I really enjoyed having this conversation with you and especially having to talk to you again um I really learned so much from you and from your experience, not only from living in Hawaii, but um, your experience living uh, all over the world. And I can't wait to hear and see what else Les Light takes you because I feel like you will definitely go far with everything that you are achieving and, and striving for, striving for, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and yeah. <laughs> and with that said, we will conclude with my favorite question of the day. And of course I changed it and it is, what is your favorite Filipino food? Oh, <laughs> I had to think about <laughs> this for a while, you know. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I really had to think long hard for this. But I but I come to this conclusion that my favorite Filipino catchphrase or just phrase in general is like utang na loob. And um, for those of you that don't know, utang na loob means, you know, your obligation to repay someone's, um, someone who has done you some form of favor. And I think that that is that, um, wait, let me think. What is the word? That is a reflection of Filipino values that we don't take advantage of other people's kindness or generosity you know uh, if you if somebody does something for me I would say oh my utang, utang na loob like my utang na loob ako sayo. it's like I want to repay your kindness because you've done I want to do what you've done what you did for me back to you And like that's pretty much a great way to end this podcast talk. And I can't wait for the next time I have a chat with you. And I think for the listeners out there, will be very um, touched by your story. And this is where I give you the mic to give you anything that you would like to promote or shout out about it. Oh yeah, so if you could follow um, the Wahine Co. on Instagram. So we just started this platform to amplify women's voices here in Hawaii. Please go check it out. Um, we also have our own podcast. I'm actually co-hosting it. So yeah, if you could follow, give us a follow or a shout out. That would be really great. Thank you. Yes, and of course, I just listened to your first episode and like, you guys have a really vibrant personalities all around and like can't wait to where that will also go. 